It's very, very good to be together. Uh, today is a very, very significant day for us, something that we've been talking about and praying about and uh, processing and planning for for quite some time, and uh, I'm really, really excited about what this month is going to look like for us. And so as we begin our message today, I want to ask you, we're going to be focusing on Sabbath for the next month, if you haven't heard. So I want to begin by asking you, what comes to mind when you hear that word Sabbath? So when you first hear that word Sabbath, what comes to mind for you? I think for a lot of us, we may have some very old school memories that are attached to this word. And it may not be necessarily because of our experience, but it could be because of stories that we heard from our parents or from our grandparents about uh, going along to something like this on a Sunday morning, going along to a church service or a church gathering, and then coming home, probably having a roast lunch, definitely a cooked hot meal for Sunday lunch, and then being told... That's it. Just sit down and be quiet for the rest of the day. No playing, no running around, no noise, no silliness. Does anyone know of any stories or heard any stories about anyone that they're connected with where people were asked to do that on a Sunday morning? Just Maddie. Oh, thank you. Very good. So I think for a lot of us, we've got these memories attached to Sabbath where it was bring out the fun police and say, just sit still and be quiet, especially if you're a child, and don't do anything that's enjoyable at all. It's supposed to be a day of rest, so that means be quiet and don't do anything that you will enjoy. Some of us might have memories uh, of all of the shops being closed on Sundays uh, or no sport being closed on Sundays, and so these memories of Sunday being a very quiet day where you didn't really have a lot of options about what you could do because basically everything was closed. I'm aware that there's at least one person whose association with the word Sabbath is the band Black Sabbath. Because when we talked about how we put a playlist together for this month of Sabbath, someone specifically asked me, are there any Black Sabbath songs in it? The answer is no. Shockingly, I'm sure. But that was someone's association. So today we want to launch into what Sabbath is all about and actually do a really deep dive about what Sabbath is, why it matters and uh, what our plan is through this month. And we have been sensing, as we've been praying into this, that this is probably one of the healthiest and most important things that we can do uh, at this moment in our lives. Uh, Why we think that it is a rhythm and a practice that's really crucial for us individually, and why we think that it's really, really crucial for us collectively as well. And the reason for that is that I think the vast majority of us, if we're honest, are running on empty. We are very, very tired verging on exhausted, and we never seem to be able to recharge. And uh, a helpful example that we're going to come back to in our discussion groups through this month is the image of a phone battery. So I want you to imagine that your energy levels are like the battery meter on a phone or the percentage battery meter on a phone. And how many of you would say, my energy levels right now are at 80% or above? few people. I'm impressed. That's very, very good. How many of you would say mine is between 50% and 80%? All right, a few more of us. How many of you would say it's between 20% and 50%? Yep, there we go. And how many of you would say it's starting to red line and I'm into that 20% where I feel like, yep, starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel a little bit? Yes. The challenge for us is that once we get to 50% or less, it's actually really hard for us to fully recharge our battery all the way back up to uh, full. So if we're around 50%, we might be able to do some things that maybe get us to 75 or 80% again, 
but we barely get to 100 very often. And if we have red lines, if we're down around 20%, 25%, the chances are that the normal rhythms of rest that we have will probably only get us to about 50%. And then we'll deplete those as we go about the, the things that we do. Another way of being able to tell whether this month is something that you need in your life is something that comes from a book that a lot of us have been reading called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And he lists a whole bunch of symptoms of hurry sickness. And I know I've had lots of conversations with lots of you who are reading this book and uh, have said that it is a gigantic slap to the face. I also had that experience as I read it, and particularly around this. So I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up for these symptoms but as we make our way through them, I would love you to just check in with yourself about how many of these you would say are true for you or have been true for you in the last little while. So experiencing irritability. Little things set you off and you're not even really sure why. You know that it's kind of small and insignificant, but then you're like, wow, that was some reaction. For those of us who drive, that's probably when it's going to come out the most. Hypersensitivity, you react to really, really small criticisms or comments. Again, you know that you're overreacting, but you kind of can't help yourself. Restlessness, finding that we can't actually switch off at any point. If we do try and just sit down for a little while, we find that we fidget a lot. If we try and put our phone aside for a little while, we find ourselves doing this and we can't help ourselves. We're just kind of restless all the time. We can't find what rest actually looks like. Workaholism, and this isn't necessarily just for those of us who work. This could also just be in terms of projects that you're working on or things that you want to get done around the house. But your mind is always thinking on the, about the next thing, always focused on the next task, always thinking what's the next thing that I need to accomplish and get done. Emotional numbness. Are there any experiences of not even being able to feel my own emotions, let alone having the capacity to really genuinely be able to enter into other people's emotions based on what my capacity is? Out of order priorities. So we feel like we're just trapped in the tyranny of the urgent. We've got this to-do list of these things that we know are really, really important things for us to do, but we never seem to be able to get to them because there's just all these pressing things in front of us all of the time. A lack of care for our bodies, so not getting enough sleep, not getting enough exercise, not eating the right food, not avoiding things that we know are bad for us. Escapist behaviour, so regularly escaping into examples like binging streaming shows, so watching one episode and I'll just watch one more and maybe just one more and maybe just one more or endlessly scrolling through social media and then how did an hour just go past, escaping into online shopping, just looking for the next bargain, if I can just buy something then I'll feel better about life, escaping into things like alcohol or even things like watching porn, trying to numb the things that we're feeling but knowing at the end of the day once we do those things we're actually going to feel worse but we can't help it because we just want to escape from what we're feeling at the time. Slippage of spiritual disciplines. So we really desperately want to read scripture more. We really desperately want to pray more. We really desperately want to be a part of a gospel group and connect with some other people. We don't seem to be able to make the time or be able to have the energy to commit to those things on a regular basis. Or isolation. Feeling disconnected from other people. 
and maybe even feeling disconnected from God, desperately wanting a sense of connection, but having no capacity to be able to invest in those relationships with other people or with God. I wonder how many of those symptoms you're experiencing. My suspicion is that for many of us, it's well over half of those, where we would say, yep, that is either true for me right now as I sit here this morning, or I've definitely experienced that in the last month or so. The question that we need to wrestle with is, is that the way that life is supposed to be? Is that what our experience of life is supposed to be? That our batteries are constantly depleted, that we constantly experience these symptoms of hurry sickness? Is that what we were created for? And a passage that we have started to look at already and I think is going to be a crucial one for us as we make our way through this month are Jesus' words from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, and particularly the message translation. Jesus saying, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I think all of us have a deep yearning to experience that, a deep desire to say that is what my life is like. And I wonder whether you can even actually imagine what it would be like to use those words about your life, to be able to say, yes, I am really rested. I am recovered. I am feeling unforced. I am feeling free. I am feeling light. So the challenge for us is to say, if this is where we're at, and yet this is where we yearn to be, what's going to enable us to move from where we are to where we're going to be? Do we need to just learn some more stuff? If someone would just provide the right resources for us, the right book that I could read, that would change everything for me. If someone would just do research to help me understand the impact of sleep on my rest, Or someone would do some research to tell me what effect technology could have on my neurology. Then I would change what I'm doing. Or if we sat around and we just talked about these things more, would that mean that some change would happen in our lives? We know that none of that is going to solve it. All of us have more than enough of that already in our lives. The challenge that we all face is in order to move from where we are to where we sense that we want to be and what we're yearning for and craving, the only answer is for us to put some things into practice. And that's what this month is all about, being able to lean into this practice of Sabbath, resting, stopping, delighting, and worshipping. And so I want to take a few moments today to talk about what Sabbath is and where Sabbath comes from, and then to remind us what the plan is for this month, uh, and then give us the opportunity to think a bit about where that takes us. Uh, As we've mentioned, we're having our soup lunch today, and so part of the reason why we wanted to have a lunch today is to create space, that if you're still a little bit unsure about what does this all mean or how is this supposed to work, that's part of why we've created some spaces to be able to talk about those questions. Uh, So if there's anything that you do think of through all of this that you're like, I'm still not sure about this part, then grab some soup and uh, come and have a chat. I'd love to talk to you more about it. 
There are some notes on uh, the Bible app, so if you want to jot some thoughts down, particularly around some of the origins of Sabbath, you can open the Bible, up now, uh, Bible app up now and go bottom right to more and then events and uh, Richmond Baptist, and you'll see the notes there. So where did this idea of Sabbath come from? Well, the original word Sabbath comes from a Jewish word, which is Shabbat, uh, which literally means to stop. So the word Shabbat means to stop or to cease. And the Bible begins with this beautiful picture of God creating everything. God creating the universe, God creating the earth, God creating everything that's a part of creation, and God creating humanity. And then we read these fascinating words at the start of Genesis chapter 2. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. What's interesting is that that word rested can also be translated as ceased or stopped. And so it's effectively God having a Sabbath at the end of creation. And that alone should make us pause and stop. God rested. God stopped. And I'm always very challenged about why it is that I believe that I've got more capacity than God. That I believe that I can go day after day after day, which becomes week after week after week, without needing to stop, because somehow I've got more ability to do that than the creator of the universe does. I'm not sure why I would believe that. But something else that's fascinating about this is that the word Shabbat can also be understood as the word delight. So we can recognize in this passage that God stopped, but God also delighted. That God stopped long enough to look at everything that had been created and say, that's pretty good. I don't mind that. Nice work. And I have this picture of what the Trinity was doing. So we believe in a God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, these three unique beings who are so united in their heart and their passion and their love and their life that they are one. I have this picture of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit creating everything and doing this dance of creation and dreaming up everything that we get to experience and everything that we get to see. And doing that for days on end, being able to create everything that's around us And then stopping. Because when we say God stopped, we recognize that that means the Trinity stopped. And so there's this beautiful picture of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit stopping and looking around at everything they've created and looking at each other and saying, that's some good creating. Good work. Well done. Nice work, team. But what's also fascinating is that God didn't just have this Sabbath and then hope that we might pick up on this idea that maybe rest is good for us. We read that God blessed this specific day. And in the creation story, there are only three things that are named as blessed by God. So animals are named as blessed by God, and they're blessed so that they can be fruitful and multiply. Humans are blessed by God, and they're blessed, we're blessed, so that we can be fruitful and multiply. And the third thing that God blesses is a day, which is fascinating when you stop and think about it. But we recognize that God blessed it so that it can also be fruitful and multiply. A day of rest that enables us to experience delight and joy and rest and all of the things that we need in our lives, being fruitful and multiplying in our life. 
But God didn't just bless the Sabbath. God also made the Sabbath holy. And any time that we read that word holy in Scripture, it just means set apart. The word holy just means set apart. Or if you want a broader term of that, set apart for a specific purpose. So everything that's named as holy throughout the Bible is something that's been set apart for a specific purpose. And so God says that this seventh day is set apart for a specific purpose, set apart for us to be able to stop and to rest and delight and worship, to reconnect, to live the way that we're supposed to live and to let go of the things that we're not supposed to carry, to have our burdens released. So as the story then continues, we discover that humanity said thanks but no thanks to God's best, walked away from God's best, but God didn't give up on us. God created this family out of Abraham's family to be the people that he would walk with to help them understand this is the way that you've been created to live. And God gave the Israelites, the family of Abraham, a set of instructions about how to live that started with the Ten Commandments, so beautifully portrayed by our old mate Charlton Heston, And so the Ten Commandments are really a set of instructions that God gave to the Israelites to say, if you follow these instructions, then you'll live the way that I've created you to live. And one of those commandments is, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Don't forget that this day has been created. Observe it, so practice what needs to be practiced on Sabbath and set it apart for the purposes for which it was created. So what did a traditional Sabbath involve? And this is true still for people who are traditional Jewish people. The Sabbath begins with a meal at sundown on Friday night. So the Sabbath was on a Saturday. And so on Friday night, uh, they would gather together for a meal. That is quite loud. (laughs) 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 I'm trying to work out what they're saying. Are they singing happy birthday? Oh, that's all right. That's fine. I love kids. So good. Uh, So, back on track. (laughs) So, Jewish Sabbath begins on Friday night with a meal. And it's interesting for us to recognize that the Jewish day is actually structured the opposite to ours. So, the Jewish day starts at sundown and begins realistically with sleep. And I wonder what would change in our mindsets if we saw sleep as preparation for the day rather than saying, as most of us do, certainly how I see it, as sleep is recovery from the day. Changes some things very, very radically. But for a traditional Jewish Sabbath, you would start with a meal with some specific practices about remembering the Sabbath, about remembering the story, and about expressing gratitude for all that God has already given. And then that would lead into a night of beautiful, peaceful sleep, knowing that the next day when you get up, there's nothing that you have to do a day of rest, a day of play, a day of joy, a day to laugh, a day to be able to cry, a day to just be able to be, to put all the to-do lists aside, to put all of the obligations aside, and to just be together, to spend time with each other. So we then need to wrestle with, is this something then that's relevant for us? And for us, we say, yeah, there's some good guidelines in the Old Testament, but some of those have been done away with because of Jesus. And so Sabbath is one of those things where people argue different things. And so, as we often want to do, we come back to Jesus and say, well, what did Jesus have to say about the Sabbath? Because by Jesus' time, the Sabbath had become this massive list of rules 
And a lot of the laws that we find in the Old Testament are simply because the Israelites started with this simple set of 10 commandments, 10 rules, 10 guidelines to follow. But as we are very creative in our humanity, found loopholes around that. It's like, well, what if I just do this? And so another law was brought in to say, no, 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 don't do that or make sure you do this. And then a loophole was created, don't do that, make sure you do this. And just clarity trying to be brought. But by that time that Jesus came along, there were so many laws, particularly around Sabbath, trying to close a whole bunch of loopholes and bring clarity to people to say, this is what you are allowed to do and this is what you're not allowed to do. Some examples of this is that you were not allowed to carry a burden on a Sabbath because that's work if you're carrying something heavy. The question has to be, how heavy is a burden? How heavy exactly is a burden? By Jesus' time, you were not allowed to carry anything that was heavier than a dried fig. Anything heavier than a dried fig was you carrying a burden, and so you weren't allowed to do it. So it's somewhat controversial when, in John chapter 5, Jesus heals a man and then tells him to pick up his mat, because obviously a mat weighs more than a dried fig, and yet Jesus is saying to this man, pick up your mat and carry it. You weren't allowed to harvest anything on the Sabbath because that was obviously work. So the controversy that we read about in Luke chapter 6 where Jesus and his disciples are walking through a grain field and just kind of grabbing some grain on the way past and having a little nibble, something to eat, a little snack as they go. That was controversial. You weren't allowed to walk more than half a mile because if you walked more than that, it's like you've got to walk somewhere, but you're not allowed to walk more than half a mile because that becomes walk, uh, work. And so we have this fascinating incident in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus has gone to the temple and said why it is that he's come, uh, these beautiful words that Jesus had, but a lot of the religious leaders and the people who were there weren't too thrilled about that, and so they decide they're going to throw Jesus off a cliff. And so they march him to this cliff, but then we have this weird thing at the end of that story where Jesus just walks off and none of them do anything. It's like, did they change their mind? And most people would say, actually what happened was it was the Sabbath and so all of those people had walked their half a mile. And so Jesus is like, see ya! <laughs> and walks off <laughs> because they weren't allowed to walk anywhere. They're like, oh, what do we do now? We can't throw him off the cliff. Healing. You weren't allowed to heal on the Sabbath. And the mindset here was the priests and all those who were in uh, the temple, you've got six days to come here to get healed. So get yourself organized and come on one of those days. You don't need to come on the Sabbath. That's work. So we see lots and lots of examples of Jesus healing people on the Sabbath, including John chapter 5, Luke chapter 13, and some other places. We could keep going. There are lots of examples where Jesus seems to be pushing hard against what Sabbath is all about. But what's really fascinating is that Jesus' most famous words on Sabbath actually come really, really early on in his teaching ministry. In Mark chapter 2, so really early, Jesus said to the religious leaders, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So Jesus is very clear that the Sabbath is supposed to be made to help us not to hinder us. It's not meant to be this massive burden with all these rules that we have to follow that weighs us down. It's supposed to be made for our benefit so that it brings life to us. 
It's supposed to be a time of focusing on what is healing and restorative for us and what allows us to experience life the way that it's supposed to be. And so Jesus then spends a lot of time over the next few years demonstrating exactly what that looks like, including the examples that we've just walked through. But Jesus also says that he is Lord even of the Sabbath. We prefer the word king because we feel like we can latch onto that a little bit more clearly. So Jesus is king even of the Sabbath. And this helps us to recognize that Sabbath is also an opportunity for us to recognize the establishment of the kingdom. Sabbath is a chance for us to be able to declare who Jesus is and to declare what Jesus has done. And to be able to say, we get to experience life the way that it's supposed to be because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And so as we experience Sabbath, we have the opportunity to express how awesome Jesus is as our king. So Jesus doesn't do away with the Sabbath at all. Jesus clarifies that the Sabbath is not supposed to be about a whole bunch of do's and don'ts, but it is something that's really important for us and it was created for our benefit. And so a helpful way to just think about what is Sabbath-y and what isn't is the four themes that we're going to be looking at that come from practicing the way. So uh, this is what we're going to unpack as we make our way through this month in the discussion groups if you come along to those. So practicing the way of articulated Sabbath as being about stopping, resting, delighting, and worshipping. And so if you do any of those things, that's Sabbath. Being able to intentionally lean into those things is great examples of practicing the Sabbath. And so we're not going to go and do a deep dive on all of those today because that is what the next month is all about. But stopping, shockingly, is about stopping. I know it's very complicated. But it is literally about ceasing activity, putting our to-do lists aside, putting our need to achieve aside, putting the obligations aside, and actually stopping But not just stopping and then saying, now what am I supposed to do? Being able to rest, to restore ourselves, to slow down and catch our breath, to be able to do the things that recharge our batteries. But I think that's where a lot of us have always stopped with Sabbath. Well, it is about stop and rest, and that's why the fun police come out on the Sabbath, because you're not allowed to do anything else. And so that's why it's so helpful to recognize that, no, delight and worship are also crucial parts of the Sabbath. And so delight is about asking ourselves, what brings me joy? What are the things that make me feel alive? What are those moments where I stop and say, this, this is what life is supposed to be all about. Those are the things that we should indulge ourselves with on Sabbath. But also to recognize that it is about worship. It's an opportunity for us to recognize how incredible God is to celebrate all of the good things that God has brought into our lives and to be able to express gratitude for that. And so that's what we want to explore. That's what we want to experiment as we make our way through this month. So a recap, hopefully, for most of you, because we talked about this last week. We sent it out in an email this week. There was a video attached to that. So hopefully by now most of you have at least heard this once. Uh, But if not, here's a bit of a recap of the plan. So we have these booklets 
which explain the deal. And so there are still some of them at the back there. These were emailed out electronically, but we do have these printed copies. And a part of why we've done that is because we do want you to delve into some technology-free time throughout this month. And so having one of these is probably going to be helpful, plus we already printed them, so you might as well make use of that. Inside of there is a menu of options to be able to choose from. And so the simplest version of understanding what this month is about is to say each week, I'm going to look at that menu and I'm going to pick three or four things that I'm going to experiment with at some point throughout the week and then see what happens. Some of them are some things that are going to stretch us and some of them are some things that are really, really simple. We're encouraging you amongst those three or four to pick at least one that is technology-free and to pick one that is with other people at a minimum. If you want to do more that are technology free and you want to do more that are with other people, that's fantastic. But at a minimum, make sure that it's not just about my personal practices. And then we've got some reflection questions each week to be able to just pause and say, how did that go? Particularly around those themes of stopping, resting, delighting and worshipping. There are some additional resources that are inside of the booklet as well. So there's some other books that you can read. There are some podcasts that you can listen to to go deeper, particularly into the themes. Uh, we created this little booklet of Sabbath prayers that you can use. So if you'd like some prayers that are kind of help you take in the direction of Sabbath, you can do that. Uh, and as I mentioned, there is a Sabbath playlist that does not have Black Sabbath in it that you can access as well on Spotify. Uh, some songs that we think will be helpful for us as we're having times of Sabbath as well. And so that's really the baseline. It's to grab one of those booklets, each week pick three or four things, and then be able to experiment with that, reflect on it, and then spend some time talking with others about what that means. The next level is then that we are going to be running some discussion groups. And so uh, on Monday nights from 7 till 9, and then on Saturdays from 10 until 12, and some of our gospel groups are going to be doing this as well, uh, there's an opportunity to be able to come together and to explore those four themes. And so uh, if you're coming along to either of those, don't need to come to both, either come Mondays or Saturdays. Bring some snacks and some drinks to be able to share. We'll have a time of uh, kind of checking in with each other, particularly as we get into it, about how the previous week went. Uh, then we'll watch a short 15 to 20 minute video that comes from practicing the way, unpacking the key concepts, and then we'll have some conversations around uh, tables. So we're going to do all of that in here. We're going to set some tables and chairs up in here, and so be able to have some conversations with each other about some of the questions that come out of uh, that teaching. And then an opportunity to say, what are you going to do with that as you head into this week? So a chance, again, to look at the menu. So on the basis of what we've talked about, these are some things that I want to try as I head into the next week with some accountability built around that with the people who are there. And so if you would like to come along to those, you can feel free. You can show up Monday nights or show up on Saturday mornings. Uh, and we are really, really hopeful that that's going to be a significant time of us leaning into and unpacking these themes in greater and greater ways. We've then created some other opportunities to be able to connect and spend some time together as well, if that's helpful. And so part of what we have said is that next week, so July 9th, 16th and 23rd, we're not going to have our regular gatherings. And a part of the reason for that is to create space for this. I'm going to finish talking about this in a moment. But we can't just add a whole bunch of stuff into our lives and hope to do what we need to do. We need to create some space. And so part of this is us modelling that as a church, to say we're going to not have our gatherings for the next three weeks, which will create space for you, hopefully, to participate in this and maybe come along to the discussion groups. 
Um, but we uh, also want to give our volunteers space to be able to participate in this fully as well. And there are a lot of people who are involved in doing what we do on a Sunday. We want them to have permission to do whatever they would like to do as a part of this month. But we are going to still be open on Sunday mornings because we recognise this is a key connection point for people. So if you want to come along between 10 and 11.30 and have a coffee and have a bit of a chat and pray, uh, there'll be space to be able to do that uh, each of those three Sundays. We've then got a couple of other fun events that we're planning to uh, experience some delight. Some of you might say a board games afternoon is the opposite of delight. That's okay, you don't have to come. Sunday afternoon, uh, July the 16th from 1 till 4, bring some board games, uh, bring some food to share, just come and hang out here for a little while. And then on Friday the 21st of July, we're going to have a movie afternoon and night, so a family movie, uh, family-friendly movie from 4 till 6. Uh, then we're going to have pizza, and then at 7.30, a less family-friendly movie. Um, and so if you're coming to the late movie, we'd encourage you to come at 6 so that you can have some pizza with us as well, uh, but that's going to be a fun opportunity to connect to. There are some other ideas floating around. There's people talking about going for some bush, bush walks. There's the idea of a campfire worship night potentially happening. Uh, and so as those come up, we'll try and let you know about them. But don't wait for us to organise some things. We've worked very hard to try and get our directory up and running so that you've got everyone else's details. And so we would encourage you to just pick two or three or ten people and do something that you want to do throughout this month that helps you to enter into stopping, resting, delighting, and worshipping. Don't wait for us to do that. If it is something you want to make open, let us know, and we'll publicise that, but feel free to just organise things organically. So hopefully all of that makes sense. If it doesn't, as I said, over lunch, come and have a chat, and I would love to kind of clarify things more for you, but that is the plan for the month. Some really important things for us to focus on uh, as we enter into this time. The first is to start small. And this is going to be a big challenge for a lot of us because we want to find the perfect version of what Sabbath is, particularly for those of us who are high achievers. I know exactly what that's like. So start where you are, not where you feel like you should be. Don't try and jump from, I haven't been doing any of this, to now I'm going to try and find the perfect version of it. It's a big part of the reason why we created a whole menu is to be able to say, just pick where you're at and stretch yourself a little bit. But we also hope that the menu might just spark a whole bunch of different ideas for you. So start where you're at, start small. Don't try and find the perfect version, particularly in week one. Secondly, think subtraction, not addition. And I think that this is one of the biggest challenges for us as we lean into this whole idea about rhythms and practices. As we've already talked about, so many of us are feeling exhausted and tired and time poor. And so when we hear ideas like reading scripture more regularly, as we've just focused on over the last couple of months, or praying, or being a part of a group with other people, or something like Sabbath, our first response might be, how on earth am I supposed to have time for that? And the answer is, you're not. It's quite simple. Part of this month is about us stopping and pausing and saying, what do I need to let go of so that I can create space for this? We can't just add it on to what we're already doing. It's not about finding the time for it. It's about making the time for it. One of the things that I've said for a number of years, so much so that it became a bit of a joke in one of the churches that I was in previously, is that we have to learn how to say no to what is good so that we can say yes to what is best. We have to say no to what is good so that we can say yes to what is best. 
for a lot of us, it's not that we're doing all these bad things and we need to stop doing the bad things. The vast majority of us are doing some really good things. We need to say no to them so that we can create space to say yes to the things that are the best things in our lives. Third thing is that we get out of it what we put into it. That's true with almost everything in life, uh, but particularly as we think about spiritual formation and our apprenticeship with Jesus, it's really crucial to recognise this, that if we just dabble, if we're trying to sprinkle a little bit of Jesus practice into the rest of our lives, then the results are going to reflect that. But if we choose to create space, if we choose to create time, if we choose to invest in this, then the results will reflect that as well. We've talked a couple of times about the illustration of the difference between a device and an instrument. A device where we press a magic button and think something's going to instantly change for us compared to an instrument that we need to put the time in to be able to learn how to use it properly. And practices are not devices where we can just say, I did that once, where's the magic results? Practices are instruments that we have to learn and we have to practice with. Along those lines, we have to remember the J-curve. Uh, this is something that's been shown in a lot of different areas, is that when we try and set out and do something new, we often find ourselves going down before we go up. So we find ourselves feeling more incompetent, more useless. This doesn't feel right. I felt like I was better before I did this, before we actually see any change. And often we give up because, like, I don't like feeling incompetent. I like feeling competent. So I'm just not going to do those things. We need to push through that and stick with it and recognise that it will turn around. So remember the J-curve. And then the last thing is that there is no formation without repetition. Spiritual formation is a process that takes years. It could be argued spiritual formation is the journey of our whole lives. And we live in a culture that is very much about, I want this and therefore I'm going to get it right now. And so it is a huge challenge for us to say, I'm going to invest in something that I might not see the payoff in for weeks or months or potentially even years. This month is not supposed to be that by the end of July, we've all solved Sabbath and it's all perfect in our lives. That is not going to happen for the vast majority of us. If it happens for you, great. Please let us know because we'd love to share your story and what it is that you learn. But the, for the majority of us, this is just going to be about giving us a taste, experimenting with some things, finding some practices that are helpful for us, and then making a decision to say, now I'm ready to commit to a regular time, a regular rhythm of doing that in my life each and every week. Something that then becomes a part of my life in an ongoing way that then over years starts to shape, take shape and help me to become more like Jesus. So those are some really, really important things to make sure that we hold on to as we enter into the month. The last thing that I want to say, and then I'm going to get Mark and Renee to come up and share about why they feel like this is going to be important for them and uh, for us as well, is to encourage on who else might benefit from hearing about this. Because my suspicion is that if you think of people who are your neighbours, if you think of people who you work with, if you think of people who are part of your extended family, people who are part of your friendship circles, if you think of people uh, that are parents at school that you're connected with, I imagine there's at least one person you can think of who is also feeling tired and also feeling exhausted and also feeling run down. And so we've got this amazing gift to be able to offer them, to be able to stir their imagination as well about whether their life is the way that they want it to be 
and whether their life is the way that they feel like they were created to live. There are so many people around us who are yearning for the same things that we are, who are searching for the same things that we are. And so one of the challenges is whether we're courageous enough and whether we're inspired enough to share what's going on for us. And that could be as simple as just having a conversation to say, this is one of the things that we're doing as a church family through this month, all the way up to inviting them to participate in it. And if you know of anyone who would benefit from coming along to the discussion groups, that's great. It's not just for us. This is for anyone who would benefit from it. And so I would encourage you as we move through this month to keep your ears open for the opportunities to be able to share about what this looks like, particularly for people who aren't part of churches and are just running the treadmill with no hope of being able to get off it anytime soon. So I'm going to invite Mark and Renee up and uh, get them to share a little bit about why they feel like this is going to be important for them, but also for us as a community. And uh, then I'll pray, and then we're going to finish a couple, uh, do a couple of songs to finish off this time part of our gathering. Good morning. Um, yeah, so Nate asked us to. Um, just talk about what we're excited about for this month and um, why we're thinking that this um, month of exploring Sabbath will be important for us. Um, so our, like my journey with um, exploring the practice of Sabbath uh, has been um, a number of years and uh, for me it, it probably came out of desperation and exhaustion. Um, at the time when I first started thinking about it and reading about it and exploring it we were in the thick of the baby toddler years with a toddler who really didn't like sleep and um, we were both on leadership at church Mark was working seven days a week um, we were trying to care for Mark's parents who were really unwell so it was just a lot going on and um, I, I think like I said out of desperation I was like there must be something we're missing because we are not flourishing, we are not um, uh, living life to the full. So, you know, we're following Jesus, we're doing the things, but um, really feeling like we're not flourishing. And so Sabbath just kept coming up for me. Um, our pastor was talking about it at the time, but also I was, um, I was reading a whole lot of different books, um, like Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he was talking about Sabbath, um, Ruth Haley Barton, I was reading a lot of her stuff and she just kept talking about Sabbath. Um, I was reading John Mark Comer's stuff and it just kept kept coming up. Um, and I, I thought, well, you know, this, it doesn't feel like it's possible for us at the stage we're at and with what we're carrying um, to participate in this practice. But then I thought, well, that doesn't make sense because if this is a gift, and I was convinced it was a gift, um, if this is a gift that God's given us, then of course we should be able to receive that gift. It's not like it's a gift for everyone else, but not for us. So we just started um, taking some little steps of trying to explore what that could look like for our family. And um, I wish I'd actually heard Nate speak about this back then because I think I was looking for a magical, you know, we've got Sabbath sorted, so now everything's great. But we had... Um, a lot of weeks where Sabbath didn't feel very Sabbathy, um, where there were still lots of tantrums in our house and we still hadn't had any sleep and um, 
you know, Mark uh, made the decision to not work on that day, but um, you could see that I, could, I was looking at him and I could see that it was like brewing in his mind of what's, what am I going to face tomorrow and all of this. So there were weeks where it just, it just didn't feel like it was working, but um, I, I could really resonate with what Nate was saying that, you know, taking those small steps and, um, you know, it, it did, over time, we could start to see the fruit of that, but it did take some time um, and it do, did take some really uh, deliberate decisions I guess that we are going to um, stop and that that isn't necessarily going to make sense. Um, we may not necessarily see the fruit immediately, but we are going to stop. We are going to find some rest somehow and we are going to experience um, delight and to be able to worship God with what we're doing. Um, what else was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah, so th- that brings us to here. I'm really excited for this month because... I feel a bit like we have been trying to nut this stuff out on our own a bit over a number of years and I'm really excited that we're going to be able to do that with all of you, that um, we are going to be able to explore Sabbath and what that can look like as a community and I'm really excited to be able to hear from your experiences and what you're noticing and what you're hearing and what God's saying to all of you. And I'm excited that we have this opportunity to receive more of this gift from God and um, for the fruit of that in how we live our lives to be seen. Renee's really been uh, the leader in our family over Sabbath practices and many other spiritual practices for that matter. So I'm really grateful to Nain how she's um, gently uh, encouraged me over a long time to stop and to concentrate on being rather than doing which is a difficult thing in fact I think it was C.S. Lewis that said workaholics are the laziest people on earth because they're not prepared to break the cycle and pause and do the hard work of reflection and some of the things we've been looking at this morning so I think um, for me that's been a, a long journey and I've really um, I'm very bad at it, but as Renee said, it's a good opportunity for us to share together uh, what that looks like. So I'm really uh, encouraged and excited that we're doing that this month, and I look forward to journeying with some of you. And I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if at the end of the month we look back and find some really surprising fruit out of doing this. Um, and I won't try and forecast what that is, otherwise it won't be a surprise. But I think um, I think just being rather than doing is going to be a really important thing for us to, to learn to do together. So I look forward to um, getting to know some of you in a slower speed and that's actually one of the things I, I really do crave. So we're excited and really are excited to be in a church that's prepared to do this. So thank you. Uh, our plan for the 30th. Uh, when we come back together next in the way that we normally gather is to spend a lot of time sharing stories together. And so as we do make our way through this month, we would love to hear from you, both in terms of like this was really, really great, but also this was really, really hard. The 30th is not supposed to be a day where we just all say, yes, we've nailed all of this. It's also supposed to say, this is hard and I'm not quite sure how to do it. And so we would love to hear your stories through the month uh, as you kind of explore what that's all going to look like.
So I'm going to pray, and uh, then we're going to sing a couple more songs to finish up this part of our time together. So let's pray. King Jesus, we are grateful that you are the King of the Sabbath, that you created us uh, to live in a world where we do experience rest, that you modelled that for us from the beginning of creation all the way through your life and your ministry. And we're grateful that you've done everything necessary through your life, death and resurrection to enable us to enter into that and to experience what the kingdom is supposed to be all about. And so as we move into this month, we recognise that there's a mixture for all of us about where we're at with it. it. For many of us, we are probably feeling a sense of trepidation and even a sense of I'm still not quite sure how this is going to work and what this is going to look like. And at the same time, many of us I know are feeling a sense of excitement and anticipation and being able to say, finally, this is something that I know I desperately have needed for a long, long time. And so we hold those two things before you and offer them to you and ask that you would take them and that you would take our hands and you would walk with us on the journey that's going to unfold over these next few weeks. Thanks that there's no expectation from you on us, that there's no obligation on us from you either, but that you simply want us to walk with you, to work with you and to learn the unforced rhythms that you want uh, us to have in our lives so that we can experience life to the fullest. And so as we move into this, thanks that we get to do it together as well. But this isn't just about our individual journeys through this, um, but that as Renee and Mark have just shared, we have the opportunity to learn with each other and to journey with each other and to talk about the struggles with each other and to hold each other accountable in healthy ways as we make our way through this month and so we pray for lots of opportunities to spend time together reflecting doing the hard work of saying no to the things that are going to stop us to lean into this um, but also that you would expand our imaginations and help us to dream about what it looks like to experience those things that we crave so much and as we do we thank you that you're with us every single moment of every single day in your name we pray amen